As beneficiaries of UMS Wright, we want to understand those who are before us so that we can help those who follow after. As told through the eyes of supporters and faculty, students and grandparents, we know this podcast will help all of us understand how and why UMS Wright has been so successful. This is The Right Way. Hello again to all of our listeners out there, and we're so excited to, to be with you again and to have an opportunity to, to talk with one of uh, the individuals who really make UMS Ride a very special place. But as always, we appreciate all of you who listen and the responses that we get back from those are very encouraging. You know, we, we do this podcast really for that reason. It's to make sure that those connections, that you, the listener, feel those connections to our school as a school who is you know, over 125 years old, we're, we're one that we want to make sure our alumni base and those of you who went to school here or, or had family members who went to school, we want to make sure there's always that connection there. And so part of these podcasts uh, design is really to make sure that you can feel that connection. So let us know um, how these things are going, if you're enjoying listening to them. And as always, you can email um, us, you can email me, you can email Brent Darty or Allie Smith. And let us know if there's someone you want us to talk to. We have a, a very distinguished list, in my opinion, um, but there are always some that might slip through. And, and if there's someone that you have an interest in hearing, we're happy to reach out. Today, we have one of really one of my one of my longest friends uh, here at UMS Wright. She is not a an official employee of UMS Wright, though uh, she's been mistaken for that often. And that is uh, Liz Stokes Terry. Uh, so we're excited to talk to Miss Liz, is what most of us finally uh, call her and have called her for a long time. But uh, Liz is, uh, is a graduate of Julius T. Wright School in 1975. While she was there, she was involved with a lot of different activities. Obviously, she was a cheerleader um, and is the team captain. She was also a member of the softball team, which as I read through her bio, I didn't know that. I'm going to really get to her on that in a little bit. But uh, left uh, Julius T. Wright went on to uh, graduate from the University of Alabama uh, with a BA in history and a, a double minor in art, history, and English. And um, Liz, if you know Miss Liz, she's always given of her time and talent to UMS Wright in, I think, a very creative way, in a way that has impacted so many of, of us as parents. Uh, and so we're going to be able to talk about that, but it really kind of goes back to 1999. She, she's always enjoyed her time with uh, with the camera and being creative and taking photographs and was asked to, to record, a, I think, a baseball game and a state championship baseball game. And then that kind of set Liz on this path of you seeing her at so many events. And what we have as family, as parents from Liz Terry is you can't be replaced. You know, most of, really not most, all of my photographs of my two boys playing sports or anything else you know, those are the ones that she gave me or the ones that I pirated off of her website, say Liz Terry, but most of the time, I mean, she is just giving and giving. So she and Andy, her husband, uh, have, have you, you know, you, you, they're a staple on the sidelines or, or in the dugouts or in the bleachers of so many events on campus. But now uh, she has grandchildren here, which we're excited about, uh, Andy, Henry, and Sally uh, in K-4, and then Jackson, who's a junior uh, on, and then just had another uh, grandchild as well. Um, and so we're going to talk about all that and, and more, but I just I wanted to make sure I promoted and talked a little bit about Miss Liz. Hey, 
so glad you're here, man. We've been trying to get you. I've been trying to get you in this room for a couple of months. So glad we could, could work it out, Miss Liz. Thank you so much. It's really, I'm so honored that you even want to talk to me. Um, it, but you know, this is my home. Sure. This is my home away from home, and it has been since I went to JUC right as a freshman. And like you said about being a cheerleader, I've been a cheerleader since 1972 for UMS Wright. That's right. You still I, are. I hope that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. And, and, and so important. And, you know, we've got a lot of stuff to dig in here. But, but let, let's talk a little bit about just, I guess, why we want to talk to you and, 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 and your passion that has been demonstrated, you know, since the 90s on this campus. And that is, you know, capturing moments for students and for parents. Why, 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 what, why was that something that just, I mean, how did you get to this point in, in being that photographer and providing all of us with so many memories that we wouldn't have otherwise? Well, when I was expecting my oldest daughter, Alex, I started taking photography lessons because I just knew that was going to be my thing. It wow. just always kind of had been, but didn't really, you know, know exactly how to, approach it in the way that I wanted it to be. Andy was very, very encouraging. And uh, and so as I started photographing my own children, um, my friends wanted me to photograph their children, which yep. I happily did. And then when Alex started here in first grade, I was the room mother several times, and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I was always photographing everybody because that's just what I like to do. I see a picture everywhere I go. Yeah. And uh, so it just kind of, uh, actually, the um, photographing other people's children, I did do a, a stint as a um, portrait photographer, okay. natural light portrait photographer. So I was taking all my friends' kids' portraits and family portraits and all that. And so as the kids grew up, I, I was already used to photographing yeah, them. So. Yeah. And people knew you, right? Knew, yes, knew that you did that. Yes, but it was really um, my one of my really good friends asked me to come to her son's uh, baseball game. It was a state championship final game. Where was that? Do you remember? Where was where it? Were we? I mean, because I was coaching in 99, right? So it that, was at South Alabama. Was it was South? It was okay. where we played that right. year. Right. It was, so it would have been um, 1999. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I still have some pictures of, of, of that yeah, from, sure. from you, whole collages yeah. of that. Yes, right. <laughs> so, um, I went, I was very nervous. I'd never done any sports photography yeah, before. Yeah. I'm sure it's different than, than doing a, a still shot where everyone has to have their hands in a certain place. And all of a sudden you go to action shots, right? I guess. Right. Yes. And that's way different. Uh, when uh, Tiffany and some of the, and Janie Miller, they were trying to get me to help some of the students. Yeah. And I would tell them, okay, you have to take the picture before it happens mm. or you'll miss it. And they would look at me like I had two heads. <laughs> but that is what you have to do. You have to anticipate what's going to happen. And um, that was really a little steep learning curve for me when you're doing sports. But um, the picture that I took at the end of the game when they had won the state championship, it just sort of went viral, and I was just so shocked by that. It was on the cover of a lot of publications and everything, and so uh, apparently it had a big impact on some of the football players yeah, because they'd never had anyone do that for them. Right. And so Brad Israel knocks on my door one day. Oh, really? Yes, and uh, says, um, you know, can you do this for the football team? And I was like, well, I, I don't know, can I? I mean, 
we got a new coach coming. I mean, what's he going to say about that? And he said, oh, I think, he'll, I think he'll be great with it. And I said, well, you go ask him if he will talk to me. And if he will, I'll go talk to him about it. So uh, he did. He paved the way for me. And I sat down with Terry in his office, first year for him, first year for me. He had no idea who I was, and I frankly had no idea who he was. That's so great. I wish you would say that a hundred times during this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he just sat there and sort of stared at me while I explained what I wanted to do, which was tell the story of Mm -hmm. his football team, because that's just how I like to present things. I said, so I got to be there when they're in the uh, weight room. When they're warming up, I want to be in the box. I want to be everywhere that they are except the locker room. I don't want to go in the locker room, mm-hmm. but I want to go everywhere else. And he was just looking at me like, okay. And so he literally said, this is the gist of it. Well, we'll try it and we'll see how it goes, but no promises. Mm. I was like, okay. Fair enough. So right? that's fair. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, so that began our 23-year Wow. Friendship and uh, standing on the sideline. And in the meantime, I'm, I've got Coleman Green asking me to do the <clears throat> the uh, basketball games. Yeah. And then baseball comes back around again, and I was completely hooked. Yeah. Completely wow. hooked. You know, I had, no, I had no sons. I have two daughters. And so just being around the athletes and – it was just such a different experience for me. You know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And a wonderful experience. Sure. And I just, like I said, I was just hooked. And you, you've got to, like, you, you know, going back to what you were talking about, you have to anticipate shots to be able to get them because if you wait for the event to happen, you miss it. So, man, you, you have to know about the sports in which you shoot. Right. Right. Were well, you already pretty comfortable with that, or or have you learned a lot about no. baseball? <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um. And I didn't really go to baseball practice or mm-hmm. basketball practice. I, I, I knew those games pretty well. But uh, football, I went to practice a lot to know the plays. I could see the, so I could see the play setting up, yeah. you know, and know who was probably going to get the ball and yeah. where it was going and all that. So, yeah, that took That's a lot amazing. of homework. <laughs> yes, and the willingness to do that. I mean, you know, obviously that first meeting with Terry – you know, you, the two of you really not knowing each other, but, but, you know, I'm sure in his tenure he's had people come in and request the same thing and not be willing, one, to do the, put the work in to get the kind of shots you want to get, but two, you, you did it for the benefit of the students, not for the benefit of Miss Liz, and that right. I know, um, and I know you probably wouldn't say, but I, that I know being around you forever. You know, when you walk in my back door out of my garage – which is the door I come in every single day. There are four pictures hanging on the wall in there, and the two of Jeb and two of Grant. And, and, and there's no way – I mean, if you intended to do this, you're the smartest person I know, and you may be the smartest person I know, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a still shot of Jeb in the locker room before a game, focused on whoever's up there talking. And then there's an in-play shot. Uh, where he's making a tackle. It's so cool. It's my favorite picture. And then Grant, there's a sideline still shot of him getting instruction from Terry, I think, or from Boutwell. I can't remember which one or somebody. And then there's an in play of him returning a kick. I mean, I don't have those memories. And and they give me chills right now thinking about them. (laughs) But I don't have those 
without Miss Liz. And that I'm just one person. I mean, I know Brent sitting right here in here as a player here, the same thing. It's generational what you've done for these families, Liz. It's, it's, it, it really, really is. Um, and so I just say that from a personal standpoint is I, I don't have pictures of my, my, my children, my own children playing sports. If it's not from Miss Liz. Well, thank you. I, I, I mean, it is a passion of mine, photography, and I'm just so happy that it could transition from just taking a single child or family's shot to sports where I can photograph a lot of different people doing different things. And, you know, one of the things from the very first year, I realized that the kids didn't really know what they looked like playing. <laughs> Isn't that, yes. I gave some pictures. Uh, I used to come to school and just hand out, you know, four of my six to everybody that I took pictures of that week. And I remember this one um, young man in particular, he, he was like, is that me? Um. And I said, yeah, that's you. See, number 44, that's you. And uh, he was like, I, I look like that? <laughs> you know, like somebody Sports Illustrated, you know. <laughs> that's what he was probably thinking. That's awesome. <laughs> and I just realized that that I could give that gift to them. And it truly is a gift. I mean, I, it truly, truly is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know of, you know, if you go to uh, Mike Reeves' house, um, pictures of Brock in there are the same. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, every all of my friends whose children went here, if I it, there's a Miss Liz photograph in there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. But that's, you know, you're talking about an impact, a lifelong impact. That's what you've, that's what you've been for these families. Such a big deal. And, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's a willingness to do that. And, look, you, you mentioned you started out coming up giving out, you know, pictures. Has that changed, and have you been able to adjust with the times on what, <laughs> what pictures are now? Yes, I, I used to have um, notebooks on my back porch of pictures because everybody wanted everything, and I just couldn't have – I didn't have time to sit down with every single player's parent every single week and go through – hundreds and hundreds of pictures and uh so I started putting them in a notebook and my on my back patio and they would come over and wow uh, look at them but I and I was too nervous to go digital until after Caitlin graduated mm -hmm. I don't blame you I understand <laughs> no no after Alex graduated in 2002 I went digital and that was so much better because I ended up with a website and people right. sit at home in their pajamas and look at them and I still know Enjoy my password, Miss Liz. <laughs> That's right. That's an easy one. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was easy for me. Now everybody knows it. Everybody knows that one. That's right. Um, I would do that, though, Liz. I would go through those on Saturday or whenever you would get them uploaded. Maybe it was Monday morning by the time it was all uploaded. But yeah. for both boys, and I would just look. I, I would, And Jana would, too. We would look through hundreds of pictures, you know. And, and it was weird because, you know, these these – Senior group parents are so close every year, particularly in football. Yes. And they're very close. And it was the same way when my kids played and probably when Brent, I don't know, maybe it wasn't. But if I didn't see one or Janet didn't see one, someone would say, hey, have you seen that picture of Jeb or have you seen that picture of Grant on whatever number? And then we would do the same for them. Have you seen this picture of Jack or have you seen Skipper throwing this ball? I mean, it was, it was part of the, the ritual of UMS Wright football. It is part of the ritual of UMS right football. Oh, that makes me very happy. I mean, that that's I, that's cool. That I could be that tiny part of that team. 
Well, I think it's more than more than a tiny part. So, <laughs> so yeah, you went from from into the digital age and made that those options available. Um, well, I um, at the first state championship that we won in two thousand and one, uh, I took thirty six rolls of thirty six exposure exposures. That was my personal best. I'd never taken 36 rolls at anything I'd ever done in my life. Wow. And I thought that was so many pictures. And now I take about 3,000 pictures on Friday. And maybe even more than that if there's two pep rallies yeah. and, you know, all that. And I try to – it takes me a whole day to narrow it down to about three or 400. But, you know, when you – You've got 65 people on the team, and you've yeah. got 15 coaches, and you got 18 cheerleaders, and you got the band and all that. If I just get a picture or two of everybody, that's that many pictures. Yeah. So, and you do that, which is amazing, too. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, one of the things that you are extremely careful about um, is to make sure that you include somewhere in that year, and, you know, you're going to include every cheerleader, every uh, – football player, everybody that's involved, every coach. I mean, you, you're going to – you make sure – how do you keep up with that? Well, it's a lot easier when it's on the computer. I yeah. can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can type in uh, Doug Barber every time I take a picture of you, and then at the end of the year I just click on Doug Barber and there's all your pictures. Wow. That helps me with my posters, the portraits yeah. that I do for each player at the end of the year. That, that they get at the banquet, which is, again, yeah. I have those at my house as well. Um, well, that's a throwback for sure to my uh, portrait days. I yeah. really like trying to capture one picture of each player that really shows their their personality or their uh, determined uh, how determined they are or how happy they are that they just made a touchdown. You know, just whatever it is. Uh, that's something that it really does take me about ten or eleven weeks to get every single person. I don't. I don't doubt it. But you make sure that you do. Especially the freshmen. Yeah. They're yeah. still very tentative. And they're about hiding me. behind, you know. Yeah, they, 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 they <laughs> see that camera come up and they take a step back behind a senior or junior, you know, and the senior and juniors are like up front, like posing, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, but they've seen that and they know what, what those are going to be. You know, that's such a big deal. I, I, I've got so many favorites. I mean, they're, they're, so I don't have any favorites because all of my pictures of my children, you know, playing sports and stuff are. Uh, priceless for Jana and for me, but there's one that I have when Grant was, um, it was before he started school. So it was around, he was born in 99. Um, so, you know, he was probably two, three, I don't know. So right there, I guess when you first started the digital sometime around there, but um, at that time on Friday nights, I would pay all of the officials. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things to do was to, to have Grant and then later on Jeb up here with me and walk him around and, and pay the people, pay the officials and pay the gatekeepers. You know, I just did that before the game, and I've got a picture of me walking. Uh, it's just the back of us, so you can't really tell. But our mannerisms are almost exactly the same the way we're walking, and he was a little guy, you know, two and a half, three years old. And that's one of my favorite Miss Liz pictures, uh -huh. and it's not even of our front. But, you know, again, that's something that, um, I mean, it's a, I can recall that time. I know exactly what where I was going. I was walking by the flagpole, going back to pay Rudy or somebody. I mean, there's no, you know, so those are, you know, and, and, and pictures have a way of doing that. They reconnect us with what, look, they're great to look at on Monday morning and remember those, but I tell parents, you know, and, and I'll tell them to this day, it, there's nothing like it's going to be in 20 years, man. Yeah, right. You know, when you look back um, and – you can see those things, and it puts you right back into that place where you were. 
And that's such a cool thing. I mean, that is a true gift. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad people see it that way. Well, you know, I, I think, well, you know, I got a lot. Of, I get a lot out of it too. I get to be creative through photography, which is my passion. Yeah. I get to know all the kids, and they're the reason why I'm still doing it. It's the kids, not their parents, or sure, or for me. Yeah. It's them. They they just they keep me young and they keep me happy and so cool. And uh, I just I just love it. I just love it. So you've been on the sideline for all the state championship games since Terry's been here. You've been at all the playoff games and, um, you know, done so many baseball and basketball things. Is football your favorite sport to shoot? Well, yes, because fa- football is my favorite sport. Yeah. I like to watch on TV. I'm a big mm-hmm. Alabama fan. I even watch the NFL. I love football. I'm completely obsessed, more than my husband. And uh, But also because it, I get to – shoot so many different people yeah you know it's not just the football team it's the coaches and the water boys they're just yeah so oh precious. those are good oh those are good and uh and the the fans and the parents and the cheerleaders just everybody it's just a it just feels like a whole school endeavor and that's a good point and uh that's why and finally uh just doing varsity football yeah, yeah. i used to do third grade through varsity. oh yeah i've got some i've got a lot of those too <laughs> And I used to do every other sport on this campus, too, just about. Yeah. But I finally just had to um, – yeah. really, when Alex had the triplets, I, yeah. I, I had to cut back because well, I had to She said triplets. There's, there are three of them. That's right. They are, buddy. <laughs> there are three of them, and they, they get after it. They, they, gonna, they, they love the Bulldog they school. They love the Bulldog school. Mm-hmm. And they love – like my office, too. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't have to come there very often. Mm, they but come, I'm not, they come for candy, man. <laughs> yeah. They gummy bears. For, gummy bears and Smarties. Dude. Yeah. I can get any of them to walk in there. It's awesome. Um, so I was talking with Molly a couple of weeks ago. I know you and Molly are very close, and I think she was a year older than you. Younger. At, younger. She would she would be upset if I did not correct that. She's a year older than you. No. <laughs> I had a chance to talk with Molly a couple of weeks ago. I think her podcast is coming, coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, you got to listen to that, all of you. It was it was incredible, much like Miss Liz. But um, y'all are very close, and 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 I tried to I tried to entice Molly into telling me, you know, kind of give me some feedback on some of your, because you know she's like you, she's a cheerleader for UMS, right, man? Oh, she does, uh, you know, she's all the pep rallies and all that stuff. But is is there is there a really is there a team that is really special to Miss? I know they're all special, but is there one that that really stands out when you think about? photographing football teams, or, or do they all kind of go together? Well, certainly that first year was really special. Um, uh, of course, Brad, the one that started it all off, he was on that team, and Brandon Dean, who's a coach here now, yeah, and yeah. Ransom Foose, who was oh, the yeah. young man that I went to photograph at the baseball, baseball game. Baseball Miss Missy, yeah. And then, of course, Doug Garner. He has been – he's so dear, and I, I, I still keep in touch with him, and I'm – and some of these guys too. That's a good class. You just named some incredible young men right good there. Good class, very good. I had the chance to induct uh, Doug Garner into the to the Athletic Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, and I was he asked me to to you know do his induction, read that for him, and, and man, it was it was awesome. Love that, love that man. He's 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 good. I um, even went to Millsaps and photographing, playing did football you really? and baseball. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I couldn't let go of him after just no. one year, you know? Yeah, that is so cool. Golly, that is awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good group, man. And Ransom and all those guys. They not not only were they uh, a nice group of kids, but they were they were good. I I feel like if he if they had had just one more year with Terry, they probably would have won a state title themselves. Yeah, it's hard coming in like that. I remember I remember you know so many of those individuals that you mentioned there. Their parents or, or, you know, connections were on those committees uh, when we hired Terry. Uh, I know Don. Oh, Don Foose, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so that, that is so cool. I, I, was, I was wondering. Yeah, and that's a big deal. And then, and then you know, you, you provide some, too, with some tra- tragic things. I think about the pictures, the picture that I see all the time of Michael Scott and, and, and Brandon and Joe Grady, I think there's four of them in that picture. Yeah, they were, they were Who the, else is in there? There's, it's, I think it was Preston. Anyway, but you know, there's, there's Joe, Michael, Brandon, and Tom maybe, maybe and Tom Leatherberry. Yeah. Um, but I see that picture everywhere. Not everywhere, but I see it a lot, particularly because of the Michael Scott scholarship and what uh, Mr. Bernie and what they've, you know, and Chris and all them what they've done for for. for and, and to honor Michael's memory, but again, that that's one that hurts when you think about it. But aren't you glad you have that oh, shot? Yeah. Oh yeah, you know um, when the when when uh, the first year we we lost in Aliceville. Yeah, and that's the first time I've ever really felt how they were just devastated. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they were going to lose and they did and it was just tragic. It really was. They were over by the buses, laid out on the ground. They were just they just couldn't believe what had just happened and I was busy snapping away. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call the next week or so from a couple of my friends who stood around the team and they said, "What are you going to do with those pictures?" I said, "I'm going to show them like mm-hmm. I do all the rest of them." Because and she said, well, th- some of them were crying. And I said, well, yeah, I guess they were. They should have been. That was terrible loss. And um, I said, but that's part of the story. And that's a great point. I am not going to rewrite history. It's just it's part of the story. And ever since I've done that way ever since. And I think people come to, I think they've come to understand that. Well, I, I, yeah, because, again, you, you know, what I, my experience in having children who played sports and, you know, is that those things are, are – you know, those disappointments are just as memorable as the wins. And, and that's okay. It really is okay because it's a whole part of the process that creates who you are. You know, and if we, if we only focus, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on the, only the wins or only the good times, you're right, it doesn't tell the whole story. No, this. it doesn't. Just doesn't like the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. I didn't make that up, but I do, <laughs> I do believe in that. Well, I think that's cool. So, uh, listen, we, we – We've crushed about 28 minutes right here. Believe it or not, I told you it would go quickly. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and keep talking with Miss Liz about some of the things that she and Dr. Andy have just have done for our school that, you know, hey, has set us apart, right? And that's exactly what it's done. And, and having a photographer who's willing to do the things and, and you know, she, she she's given – thousands and thousands of times over than what she's made from doing this, I can assure you. But it's out of the, the love for our families and the love for this school. And that's what uh, that's what UMS Wright's all about, man. So we'll be coming right back uh, with Miss Liz. This is the right way.
So welcome back. Each each podcast we have the chance to visit. In the past, we've been visiting with students, and today I hope you've been enjoying Miss Liz. She is such a joy to talk to, and uh, so so interesting in all that she's been able to give back to our school. But today, for our little break here, we're going to talk to our head of college counseling, Dr. Kristen Odom. And I just thought it would be good as a you know as we look at, listen to this podcast in the summer for you to get an idea of kind of where our students matriculated to schools and opportunities that they've had. So, Kristen, uh, it's great to have you uh, on the podcast this afternoon. Thank you for having me. And so as our college counselor, just kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your department and kind of what that department does for our families. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our main goal of assisting the students, even from as early as seventh grade, by just introducing ourselves to them, starting those genuine discussions about college and what that could look like for them for the next step in their path after UMS Wright. And so we are making sure that they know us, who we are, as well as guiding them, especially through that application process once they are older in their junior and senior years of the upper school. So we do a lot of in-class guidance to prepare them for the different pieces of what that college application process would look like, but also career exploration, college exploration, a lot of those things they don't know even as early as ninth grade. But things are important even in that earlier stage. So whether it's their academics or the things that they are involved in, service opportunities as well, it's a lot of different components that go into this whole process. Yeah, and what so that job has changed so much as I think back uh, and through my career here. And your background, you know, when you first came aboard, you were uh, in the in the in the college admissions process at the university level, um, and then so you've been here for a couple of years. What are the trends that you, your department and you kind of see moving forward for our students and our families, uh, how, how you kind of help them navigate that landscape that seems to be changing literally daily? It definitely is. And the college landscape has changed a lot, especially due to the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. uh, for the good and also with some challenges included as well. I think the main thing is that a lot of colleges have now gone to a more holistic review process, meaning it's not just about the grades and the test scores anymore for students. It's really who the whole student is. And I think that benefits our students here at UMS Wright because so many of them have lots of unique talents and abilities and things that they can bring to the table. And so it's not just dependent on how well they do academically, although that is, of course, a huge component to that and important uh, here at UMS Wright as well. And so I think it's a way for them to be able to shine in a lot of various ways, and it helps them find the right place for them. So a place that's going to cultivate who they are as a student to help give them that elevated rigor if they need it, whether it's through an honors program or just through an elevated level of academics at that next step. Uh, the college landscape has definitely changed to be a little bit more inclusive in that sense, even to the point where some schools no longer even look at ACT or SAT scores. So it's mm. something that we have to navigate through together that's individualized to each student because that is very important as well. Every student is not the same, and so we have to look at every piece of it and determine how they should move forward. Yeah, and I think about even Project Engage that we initiated a couple of years ago, and one of the main factors and, 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 you know, kind of jumping in, if you will, for, for Project Engage was the fact that, you know, we were seeing our students in a comparative um, value with other students throughout wherever that are applying for, you name the school. And so we wanted to make sure we provided them with something else on their resume. So now a student entering ninth grade really can have an, you know, a, a learning experience, if you will, outside the gates. But part of that is not only 
helping us meet the mission of our school, but it's making sure that our students are competitive as far as, as acceptance is right. It really gives them a genuine and authentic experience or experiences to refer to whenever they're applying to the yeah. colleges. It helps them understand what they like and what they don't like in some scenarios as well, which is great because that kind of gives them a leg up as well. And I just love the concept of experiential learning because that is a lot of times what the colleges want the students to do even while they're in college, whether it's through internships that a lot of times are now required as part of yeah. a major component or the study abroad experiences, things like that. So it's almost like they're getting a little bite of what they will be experiencing as a college student, which is wonderful. That is great. And, you know, as you think about that landscape and what you've been able to see both at our level, you know, at UMS Wright, but also at the collegiate level, um, are there trends that are that that you guys are focusing mostly on? Is it just the, I say just, but is it the idea of this holistic child and, and all of these different areas? Are there other things that schools kind of look for in students? Again, I think those talents are really what okay. they are honing in on. So even though it is a holistic process, we have student athletes, we have performers, we have artists, we have all these different yeah. types of students. And then we do have those who academically are looking for a more challenging environment in that way as well. So I think the trends are they have to figure out who they are individually yeah. uh, in genuine and authentic ways, because even if they are applying to a school that may have now as low as a 4% acceptance rate, they have to know who they are and they have to be able to show that to the college so that way they understand if they're going to be a good attribute um, and bring those things with them to that college to help make up that incoming class. So I think it's really important that we here at UMS Wright through the teachers, through our department, through our administration, are helping the students figure out who they are, how they advocate for themselves, and who they want to be when they go to college. I think that's so important and, and you said it so well, but making sure that, they're, they're, that they know who they are so that they can choose or select that school and apply to that school that fits them. And that's just, a, that's a big part of your job. Right. You, you know, and because as I look through our college matriculation sheet, um, you know, I see school, yeah, you know, I think we have three students going to Baylor this year. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got two, you know, one going to UCLA, one going to USC. I mean, you, you, obviously we have students going to the Naval Academy. Uh, we have a couple of maritime Students, I mean, you know, yep. just kind of all all these different areas, and, and and you know, where a child may think they want to attend, or the type of school, or even the geographical location. Sometimes that changes as they get older. I mean, those y'all y'all have a huge job, uh, you know, in, in helping them understand that because that fit is super important. It is, yeah, and some of them come in with ideas about where they want to go. And so what we do is we encourage them to look at multiple schools, even if they think they want to go somewhere, just so that way they understand what else is out there. So if nothing else, it just confirms the decision that they okay. want to go to a specific school. So that exploration piece is so important. And it's why we lead some college tours ourselves. Right. We go out and look at different colleges. So we're better informed about what's available for our students. And so I think that's an important component of it as well. And we really encourage them to get out there and stay connected with those colleges and universities. Yeah. And I love the fact that when you look down through that sheet, you know, you have a lot of students at Auburn University or the University of Alabama. And man, I, I noticed too, some, some other themes maybe we can talk a little bit about. I, I noticed a lot of students uh, more so than I remember in the past, the University of South Alabama. And I thought the proximity of that and, and where COVID has led us to that, I don't know. Maybe it's the University of South Alabama Maybe they're doing a better job recruiting our students, um, but also, you know, they're they're just 
you know, the Washington Lee is 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 on there, and uh, a High Point University, somewhere where you guys have, have visited before. So, um, you know, those are just those are important, and I just think it, it's really neat to see because they're they've all been in the UM, this UMS right bubble, and then what they kind of do is they as they graduate and they they end up in all parts really of the of the world, not even of the country, um, which is so cool, and it's got to be rewarding for you guys. Oh, yes, absolutely. This year, especially, it's been so exciting to see all the students really take off after that period of COVID and them getting really excited about going so many different places. And yeah. we did have some students that were admitted to schools in the UK, uh, most opted to stay within the US, but it's just been a really neat experience to see that they're willing to embrace other areas, other cultures, really want to kind of take a step out to experience new things. But like you said, there also is a level of comfort for some of those yeah. that want to stay close by because we are very fortunate to have a local university and other local colleges here and or they receive really great scholarships yeah, to some of these it. schools and stay in the honors programs attract them as well so yeah. uh, there are a lot of appealing things to whether it's in-state or neighbor schools close by in mississippi or florida sure. or in those other areas of the u.s just depending upon what their goals are when you talk and you guys start talking to parents about those goals really as, as juniors primarily when you sit down with the families um, we actually start the freshman year okay. after they've received the first semester of right. their transcript so we can help them understand what their grades look like since that is something that starting in ninth grade counts yeah. and talking about those co-curriculars. So the students themselves may not have their specific goals in mind, but we at least help them understand in an overarching way, these are the things that you need to be working towards or paying attention to. So that way when you get to junior year, when we also have individual family conferences, you can define and refine those goals so we can set a little bit more realistic expectations as far as what needs to be done moving forward. What's the goal of our faculty and staff in helping students navigate? I know what your roles are and how, how you guys are specific to that, but what, what, are, what are the responsibilities our teachers have in supporting students and, and, and their wishes as far as, you know, going to colleges and universities and stuff? Yeah, I think the main thing is to always be open to the discussions about college and what their classes can provide them in the sense of either helping them discover who they are or some of those skills that they need to be successful in mm -hmm. college. And that even starts in the lower school. So whether it's the development of character and team building, working together, things like that through middle school and definitely into upper school, those study skills, the things that they will need, the writing skills. I've heard so many good things about our UMS students who have graduated, gone on to college right. and have been complimented for their writing skills when they're in college. And so I think those are hugely important things that they are getting in the classroom that I can't even provide them. Right. I'm just, you know, they're to give them some guidance. And so it really is that authentic interaction between our teachers and the students. And a lot of our teachers, especially our junior year teachers, write letters for them sure. for their college yeah. applications. And that's a huge component of the college application process. It says a lot about the student, their character, their willingness to participate in class, what they've contributed as a leader in class. And so it's just really a pivotal component and piece of what they're doing to prepare to go to college. It's, it's amazing. It's such a it's so unique and, and, and interesting how it just aligns with the overall mission of the school and, you know, what those teachers' roles will be and are uh, in supporting our students to help them reach their potential, right, and whatever that may be. And so the end game for us, as I have, you know, Dr. Odom, I have her speak some a lot of times to our K-3 students, uh, parents who are, who are here visiting the school because we do want them to know that, they're, you know, that landscape's changing, but we have – really quality individuals in place like Dr. Odom and her staff who 
study those trends, understand those trends, because that's really part of our job, right, as a college preparatory school. So, um, again, thank you for all you've done. I know this is a really – we just ended a, a year and with, with your seniors, and now they've, they're all kind of leaving and going off. And, and so, you know, you guys have already started – you know, next year's class, and it just it, it never, never ends, and uh, it's an exciting thing. Uh, so we appreciate all the work you do, Dr. Odom, and uh, appreciate all you do for our families and our students, um, and you'll have a chance to hear a little more from Dr. Odom. We'll spend a little more time with her in another podcast and go over really kind of hone in on some of those trends that are so interesting uh, as far as college dynamics are concerned, and what are we doing uh, differently, or what are we doing the same to prepare our students to have those opportunities, which is what really our jobs are. And so we'll be right back uh, with the conclusion of uh, Liz Terry. You're listening to The Right Way. We've got Miss Liz with us, man. We had such a great time talking in the first thirty minutes, twenty-eight minutes, whatever, whatever it was. And while we were on break, we're talking a little bit about pictures, and she was reminiscing, you know, uh, again uh, about some of the things. And and one of the things we talked about, Brent, as I asked you, I said, "Do you have Miss Liz's pictures?" Because I was kind of looking over your way, and then I knew you did. And your let's talk a little bit about the ones in your office. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what a gift. You know, the the banquet. You know, at times at the end of the year, it's you know it's either you won and you're celebrating, or you didn't win, you maybe a little disappointed. But there was always this wall of pictures yeah. that you could go through and look at each game and look yeah. at you know it's just so that was always a highlight, and you you always left with just like armfuls yep. of pictures that yep. you took. And uh, so there's two in particular that I have in my office that that uh, come to mind. One. This is one of my favorite where I am literally like head first diving into the goal line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that I, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had, and like you were talking about, you, know, you look at these pictures and it just brings back all these memories. And because that was my grandparents lived in Tennessee and that was like one of their first games to get to come oh, down and wow, watch. Wow. You know? um, but yeah, I was running into the end zone and a guy kind of basically like submarine me and he, hit me and it flipped me up and I landed face mask first on the goal line and the picture of me is I'm vertical feet straight up in the air face full of grass right there and so I just I love it I keep that one in my office just because it's a it's a neat picture but uh, another photo was um, it's me walking away off the field after my senior year homecoming and then it's the scoreboard in the background it's 52 to 26 and uh, my jersey's kind of tucked up over my back flap, uh, which was a little you know, pad protector to protect your lower back. And on the back of that, it's got tape, and it says, uh, be ham bound. Mm. And so, you know, that first year in 2001, uh, you know, our goal was to win state. And that group of seniors really, you know, that was like Johnny Strada and all that. Mm-hmm. And so Johnny, is the, the running back, taped on his back, be ham bound. And on his little back plate. And so then when he graduated, I believe it was Forrest Rayford that wore that the next year. And they won. And so it was kind of became this tradition that you wow. passed down <clears throat> to where who got to wear the back plate that said be him bam. Yeah. And that was just something that we always, you know, uh, you kind of look forward to. And it was kind of an honor thing to wear. But uh, 
that was a that was a, a great game because it was us versus Thomasville. We had won back to back state, but yet preseason we were ranked number two. Thomasville was ranked number one, um, and we matched up at homecoming. Still, them ranked number one. We ranked number two. Uh, everybody's making a big deal about it. They the local TV station brought in like the game day set. That's right. the first I time to that. first time to really do a pre long pregame set and. Uh, and it was absolutely monsoon. Yeah, it just yeah. monsoon. Uh, so you know, just and we threw and Curtis threw a bomb just to add insult to injury <laughs> right before halftime, and we beat the y'all beat the brakes off to twenty six. I mean, they had Aaron Johns. Uh, I mean, that was like one of the first games that I moved from running back to linebacker, and mm. we just had. I tell you, well, I find you talking. I mean, just all these memories flood back. So back back in those days. Uh, we had special uniform. You know, we had we wore red at home, red jersey, and like gray pants. But on those very special games, he would let you wear red on red. So we wore red top with red pants, and so that was always a big deal, big honor. And you know, which game were we going to wear red on red? And like we, you know, so we all knew it was going to be this game. And we go by Gerald's and pick up our uniforms, and he has the gray pants laid out. And you talk about being mad. I mean, we were so <laughs> mad. Like, I, if he did it on purpose as a tactic, I don't, you know, I don't know if he was thinking about the weather or what. But we were, oh man! So we got dressed, we went out warm up, and uh, and so, you know, just still kind of, you know, aggravated. And when we break it down and walking back inside, he said, "Y'all stopped by Gerald on the way in." We walk in, and he had the red pants laid out for us. Amen. I mean, you talk about just chills. and <laughs> I mean, even to this day, like just, just chills. And it worked. And that's that we picture, came man. Out, that's and that's that man. picture. As I'm saying, it's just that one, you know, it took you half a second to take that photo, but that's memories for a lifetime. My, we, oh, my English English essay, my senior year, we had to pick a picture and write, and I, I picked that picture. Oh, wrote, wow, Miss Liz. I, I didn't know that. I wrote an essay on it, and then to my surprise, uh, Coach Curtis – Read that in front of the whole team <laughs> at the banquet, and I was like, "Oh, Lord. destined for great." I was not an English major. I was not, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, just all these memories, so and cool. you go back through, and and like Doug, you're saying, like it was, it was a ritual, it was a routine to go through, and I still catch myself, you know, that week after a game, I just kind of look through and just see. But not only that, you kind of, you kind of, you, I don't know, you 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 enjoy taking pictures, and I don't know if it yeah. has any. Bearing on what Liz did and that kind of thing, but I mean, I know you like to do that too—the action shots. I do, yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of that's to do because you just you get the. I mean, just make time stand still for a second. Yeah, you know, right. you know yeah. sometimes it may sound cheesy, but it's just you know, you know. I, of course, I like a lot of the technical aspect of it and trying to freeze that baseball when it's mid-flight and have it perfectly in focus and all that, and it's. You know, hard to do and it just I like that technical side of it but it is you know you do get a little of that joy when you give these to people and and they just yeah everybody you know you don't do it for yourself but you know everybody's very appreciative of it and so it's, that's fun to do so one of the things that y'all you may not know but this Liz and I we're really close so Allie and Brent we're really close I'll tell you how close we are we spent Hours and hours in Arizona, Nevada, and Utah, <laughs> sitting side by side on a bus. I mean, literally, we sat in the same seat. Um, 
was one of the th- man, we did these trips to the Grand Canyon for the eighth grade uh, for about four years, and they were great. They were fun. They were they were tough. I mean, for eighth graders, but but you know we were bound and determined to do it. And and one of the years, I guess it was Alex's year, or was it? Yeah, it was Caitlin's, Caitlin's year. year. Okay, mm-hmm. Caitlin was an eighth grader, and so Liz and I talked, and of course she was like, I I'll go on the trip and do the and, and record the whole trip, you know, in pictures. And I was like, absolutely, let's do that. <laughs> was that not crazy? I mean, you're talking about some some pictures, dude. Now, the only problem, if you, you know, is Miss Liz would, um, would be riding along some beautiful scenery route, and she's like, stop the buses, you know, and you had to unload two buses, and I was like, oh, my gosh, but man, aren't, aren't we glad we did that, but yeah. can you remember doing that trip? Of course, of course, you know, you said it was hard for the eighth graders, but in the end, it was a great bonding experience it was awesome. for the class. Yes. It really was. It was such a great thing to do before high school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just, you know, it was it was so much time, energy, and effort. But but having those those pictures, you know, to to save and to to, to record that trip, mm-hmm. that's the only time we ever did that. You know, we went four or five times. That's the only time we had someone to go and record all those things. I mean, we were at Zion National. Park. I mean, you were like in the in Bryce the mecca. Canyon. Yeah, I mean, Bryce was, Canyon. Yeah, you were in the photographer's mecca. Yeah, you're not kidding. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, and to see all those kids experience that—that that was thrilling. I mean, we got pictures from the airport. I mean, we've got <laughs> the whole story. The whole story. The whole story. Um, and the um, uh, what do you call it when you sing along? The karaoke. The karaoke night. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. Listen, y'all, we we were we were <clears throat> again. This trip was interesting, but but the first <laughs> night we, we we flew into Las, Las Vegas. Vegas, yeah, and picked up Curtis and a couple of them because they had gone out a couple of days early to get everything ready. Imagine <laughs> I use quotes here to get everything ready. Um, and so we would get there and we'd all go to Caesar's Palace and see it. And then we get on the bus and we'd ride about three hours to to um, Flagstaff, Arizona, and. We pull up and, and you know I'm th- this hotel is an old rancher rancher hotel so it's all got the old rancher motif and stuff in there and they give you beans and you, all <laughs> exterior I mean it's horrible horrible I can't believe we stayed there but anyway but they, they always set up a karaoke machine the first night we were there and that was a that was a lot of fun that was an icebreaker for sure it was an icebreaker <laughs> that's a good way to look at that um, but you know again there's that opportunity I know your child was on that trip but you know had had we not had had those opportunities, we wouldn't have have those memories of that, um, which is crazy. You think about the Grand Canyon trip and all the football. It, you, you know, is there something now today? Like, I mean, how important is are the recordings of your grandchildren for you? Oh, I mean, is that it what means you everything? Is that what you do? Do you do a lot of that? Do you drive yes. everybody crazy with that? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, they like having their picture made because well, I, I fell into this, um, accidentally, but I always, Alex always says, let's have a church smile and they smile real pretty. And then, and then they say, can we have a funny picture? Mm-hmm. And I say, sure. So that we get that anticipation for the funny picture. So they're really excited, you know, yes. and then we get that picture and then oh, we good. get a picture for them and it works every time. What a great idea. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Um, when you think about, uh, the, the the opportunities you and Andy have had with with out and you, you said it while ago and it dawned on me when you said it but you know you had girls which are great they were in cheerleaders and involved I mean obviously you, but but man you 
your involvement is completely different with a whole different parent set because of taking the pictures, right? That's changed. That's changed y'all, your lives, your and Andy's life. For, oh, yes. Because of that. Well, in the beginning, when Alex and Caitlin's classes, they were four years apart, were coming through, I knew almost all the parents. They uh-huh. were already, a lot of them were already our friends, our yeah. family friends and all of that. But then as that passed. Right, <laughs> which it does. Which it does. And then I didn't know the players as much. I mean, there might be a couple on a team, like if a parent had, you know, three or four children really spread out. I know those kids. But most of them I didn't know, and I didn't know the parents. So that was, um, it wasn't harder, but it was really rewarding because I have made so many friends yeah, yeah. that I would have never made if I had moved on when my kids graduated, which is what I thought was going to happen. Because, well, it happens. I mean, and, and rightly know, so. I mean, it happens. I mean, it, you know, seasons of life happen, and, but, but it didn't, didn't for y'all. No, because— I mean, it did, but, it, but you stayed here. <laughs> Andy likes to say— Every year you're going to retire, yeah. and then you fall in love with some sophomore, and here we are committed <laughs> for two more years. And that is so true. He's so right about that. He's so right about that. I was supposed to retire at the end of this coming year because yeah. Jackson's graduating. Right. But no, there's this other kid I'm not leaving for. We'll he graduates. You. We'll keep finding you some as long as you can. <laughs> what? Tell me a little bit about your family. I know that uh, your dad was an attorney here in Mobile, and— and your sisters, tell, tell me a little bit about that. How did, how did y'all get to rights? I mean, what was that process? You said you went in high school, right? Yes. Um, well, there's. I'm the oldest of six, five girls, and then a boy. My father was in politics, and he was in the House of Representatives. And at that time, he had to put us in public school. Yeah, right. It makes just sense. would yep. be a bad thing for him politically for to have his children in a private school, and he's mm-hmm. supposed to be representing the whatever county or area or whatever. And, um, but as I got in middle school, he realized that that was not the most important thing. The most important thing was our education, and he pulled all six of us out and put us at, well, the, the my brother wasn't old enough to go to school yet, but the five girls all went to Julius uh, T. Wright at the same time. Oh. I was a freshman and went Ooh. all the way down to the uh, second grade, maybe. That's a change of economy right there all of a sudden. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then later my brother, you know, started it yeah. at UMS. Yeah. That's, I didn't I didn't I didn't know there were that. I mean, I know I know a couple of your siblings, but I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. We loved it from the minute we walked in the door. Yeah. Mm. It was a good pl- it was a good place to be. I, a good know, place was, to grow up. I was talking to Molly and to Meredith. There's so many within those you know, 74 to 77, mm-hmm. those classes that are still, that must have been a really good time at J.T. Wright. And I, I don't know, there just seems within those four or five-year periods, we still have a lot of people involved with UMS Wright from that kind of five, eight-year yeah. deal there. And that, that's yeah. kind of unique, I guess. I, I mean, I don't really know if it is or not, but it was, uh, yeah, me, Molly, Meredy, um, Francis? Yes. Rouse? And um, Robin was a year older than me. Robin McLeod. I remember mm-hmm. Freeman. Yeah. Freeman, yes. And um, yeah, was, when I came back here with my daughters, there were still, I still had two teachers, three teachers here. Miss mm-hmm. Lilick sure. and Miss Hannum and uh, Janie Miller. Mm-hmm. And of course, Janie and I, you know, worked hand in hand for all those right. years until she retired. And now yeah. I'm loving working with Tiffany. Tiffany's too. good. She does a good job. She's great. Yeah, Janie was set the bar really high, and Tiffany's carried that torch exceptionally well she has um i'm very proud of of what she does and, and the pride she takes in that and and very thankful to janie for 
you know, again, setting that bar where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and man, you know, we had a chance. We've interviewed a couple of kids, students uh, in here. Man, that, that is an important part of, of their life as a student, too, yeah, participating in, in that uh, in that journalist side of that. Well, she always gets a wide variety of students coming yeah. from all different places, and I think that's what makes it um, a really great yearbook. Because it's not just all the arts people doing it. That's it's, right. Yeah, it's, it's a combination, yeah. which is important. You know, we love these students to kind of branch out and do things, and maybe they're not comfortable doing, and, and I think that helps growth tremendously. And I, we ask teachers the same thing. You know, we love this idea of this culture of learning, you know, that, that permeates all the way down, you know, for, for, through our students and, and through our staff and, and certainly our families as well. I think it's, uh, it highlights UMS right. Um, is there is there a uh, – uh, again, I know I ask it a little way. Can you give me maybe your can you give me three of your favorite pictures? Or is that just impossible? It probably is impossible. Well that, that maybe you're the most proud, maybe you capture something. I know one probably is that first one that you talked about, which everybody said we didn't have one of those and yes. And, and definitely. Um there's um, there's so many. I know. That's, that's a ridiculous question. I can't even tell you my favorite one because after I said that a while ago, I was like, no, that's not my favorite one. My favorite one is when you took a picture of Grant when he was real small and when I was coaching and he had all of Bo Roberts' catcher gear on. That's my right. favorite one. But then <laughs> I, I think of Jet, you know, so I can't even tell you that. So that's a very unfair question. But try. Well, um, there was a picture of Ty Bullard mm-hmm. who was, he was just – Jumping up and screaming after we won that first state championship. I just, I will never forget that moment or that picture. And you caught it perfectly? I mean, you just happened to be? I right? just happened to be at the right place at the right time, which, you know, a lot of this, what I do is pure luck. <laughs> just pure luck. Um, being at the right place at the right time, I mean. And um, there's one from, uh, I don't even remember if it was Matt Pierce's senior year, it probably was, where he is Looks like he's ten feet in the air, yeah. and he's got one leg up, one knee up, and one leg straight, and he's catching. You remember that picture, Brent? That, that's a. Okay. I really love that one, and then um, <laughs> I was just reminded of this picture recently uh, because somebody, uh, Julie Otts, I think wanted it for something she's doing, and it's a Nicholas Frangos when they won the state championship in Huntsville. Uh, in in soccer. soccer, yeah. Okay, he has just scored the winning goal, and he's coming back right towards me. Also, <laughs> I was like, this. and um, but what made, what made the picture also so great is that the goalie was laying face down, you know, just in the dirt. Defeat. The, you caught the you caught the he, victory he, and the got, defeat, yes, bro. Got, yes, that is so cool. <laughs> so you know that just. Summed There's up a crazy the good one of Nicholas. I thought you were going to say that he's up oh, in the air doing a scissor kick on a ball. Yes, that one too. That one's. <laughs> That one's insane. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you sat here around this table and everybody that, that – that they would all have their favorites, Liz. They would all say, no, no, yep, no, that would no, and then they would think of another one, just like Brent and I are doing right now. Um, so the gift will always give. And I just – you are to be commended, you and Andy, for that and for your generosity to the school. Um, Thank you so much. Golly. I mean, just – it's crazy to think about. It really is. Um, there'll never be another Miss Liz. You know, oh, well, I don't know about that. Well, there but. won't be. There won't be. There won't be as anybody as mean as you are. I'll tell you what, now, <laughs> you let somebody come on that sideline that's not supposed to be there taking pictures of her players, and she's going to find me, or now it's, I usually say, Wes, you need to talk to Miss Liz. 
She doesn't. She doesn't put up with a lot of that. Well, I don't know what they're going to publish. Or, I, I'm, I'm for you. I'm just you saying know, you don't put up with. I like it. In the early years, we had a uh, photographer come from the other school mm-hmm. who was using a flash, which I you can't use a flash at there a nighttime football game. Um, and you know. Somebody was coming to catch the ball, and he flashed right in their face, and they didn't make the catch. And that's when I sent you or somebody yeah. over there to tell him, take that flash off his camera. He can't do that. He's affecting the game. Yeah. I'm sure so, I did if you told me to. I know. I know you did. <laughs> sure I did. <laughs> but just things like, things like that that just aren't right. Because mm-hmm. I've got – Terry always says – you don't have a dog in this fight, and I always correct him. Yeah, and say, absolutely. I have every dog in this That's fight. That's right. Okay, every one of them is important to me, not just, I mean, I didn't have a son, so yeah. I didn't have anybody on the team, you know. But right. they're all my. Oh, they, they are. They're all I my mean, kids. I just, it's, um, it's good for me to think and reflect on it uh, with the influence that you've had on our family. It's just, it's good for me. It's, I hope you know the appreciation is there. Um. You know, because I'm one that doesn't shy away from the camera. Also, you know, I'll, know it. I'll ask for for a photograph or two, <laughs> or two or three. Um, but again, you know, it's uh, those are those are fun. What is um? So let's talk a little bit about your grandchildren. So the three, the triplet. What grade are they? They're in, in K four. They started in K three. Right during the pandemic, of course, <clears throat> which of course. was you know so stressful the whole year. But we all got through it together. Even the football team didn't have to set out a game. That was a miracle in itself, was it not? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, The way it started out in the first two weeks, it was an absolute miracle. (laughs) Um, It didn't start well. But, you know, we were all learning, you know, on the fly and trying to make, you know, decisions. And who knows even today if we made the right ones or not. But, uh, you know, I I do know this. I did learn this, Miss Liz, is that, you know, the best place for those students to be if at all possible, is in these are in these classrooms around well, these teachers and coaches. Um, it is detrimental for them not to be. Yeah. It's detrimental, um, and so you know we if there are risks that are ever associated, we'll calculate those and make decisions on it. But um, boy, shutting down a school and is isolating for these students and faculty members. It's it's bad. Well, you know, Alex um, and David, you know, had to think long and hard about putting them at school, mm-hmm. and. Um, they asked Annie and I what they should do, and I said, well, if there's anywhere that you could send them, this is the place. UMS is going to do everything in their power to keep it as safe, as clean as as possible, and not only that, that they won't feel like they're in the middle of a pandemic if they are at school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did a fantastic job well, what, well, leading thank you, us. Thank you for saying that, but it was, uh, you know, they were – it was like your picture sometimes. You happen to be in the right place at the right time and make the right choice. That's all those were because, man, you you know, you couldn't get information from me. I mean, if you had six people that you were talking to, you had six different opinions on what you should do. But mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. I had a great – I got a great leadership team. They're smart um, and did everything that we needed to do to, to – again, I just say this is where they need to be. I don't, they need to be in school around people. They need to have structure. I learned that more than – more than ever, you know, that's, that's probably, you got a couple of pages of notes there and I don't want to, to, to close down without you. What, is there anything on there that you and I needed that we, we need to discuss that we didn't hit on anything that we want to highlight for our listeners? Remember, these are people that you have been involved with for 23 years. Well, um, to be perfectly honest, I, I had a terrible time getting over Caitlin's class graduating. Yeah. Alex's yeah. class was 
you know, that was bad enough. Um, but when the, you know, the last child leaves home and these kids hung out at my house a lot at, in Mobile at Dolphin Island and I just loved them all and I felt like they were all my kids, you know, and then they leave mm-hmm. and it's, I'm just left by, alone, you know. It yes, was, I do. It was terrible. And finally, I um, went to talk to Terry, uh, Terry Curtis about it. And I said, how, how do you do this? How do you let go? It's just so hard. And he said, well, you're going to have to learn to think like a coach and like a teacher. And you just love them while they're here. And then you just immediately embrace the next class mm, or good. the next group of seniors or the next team or however you want to you know, get your mind straight. And, yeah. and that helped me tremendously keep coming back year after year because that's what I do. That is, that's really good advice because, you know, that, that youngest one, when they go, I mean, it, I didn't go to, I don't think I went to a baseball game for a year after Grant left, you know. Um, so I, I understand that, you know, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's tough, but I do think that's good advice, you know. And that's, here's the great thing about being an educator. And I think, I'm sure you've thought of it, but I tell our faculty this all the time, Liz, but it's kind of, I think it's the same thing for you. There are so very few professions um, where you where you get the renewal, you get to start over, right? Mm-hmm. Every ten months, I mean, you you get a chance to have a new start. There just aren't many organizations or businesses that do that. And and I tell the teachers all the time, don't miss that opportunity to start over, man, because you you talk about something that can renew your your spirit and your mind. It's that opportunity. And so for you, I would hope you know that those sports teams are the same thing, you know. Because they all are different, but they're they're same. There's, you know, those kids that are going to be seniors next year. They're the same ones you you photographed this year. They're the same ones that are Jeb, my son's age. You, you know, different right. names, but um, I can give you a perfect example yeah. of that. When uh, Caitlin graduated, and my friends, my really good friends from the two classes, they just figured I would just move on when the kids moved on, and I, when I didn't, I would always get this. What are you doing still down there? You don't even know those kids. You know, why are you doing this? Don't you want to come play bridge? Anyway, you know, and I would be like, you don't understand. It's just, it's hard to explain, but it's, but the kids are just so great. Okay, so we were at Sandy's, um, a rally for Sandy's uh, first um, uh, election. And there were a lot of UMS students there. A lot of football players were there. I don't know if they just cared greatly about Sandy winning or if they were there with their parents or if they were getting service hours or whatever, it doesn't matter. They were there and they would all come up to me and say, hey, Miss Liz, and get a big hug. And after about, you know, a half an hour of that, my friends said, oh, my gosh, well, they love you. And I said, and I love them. Mm. And I said, that's why I can't leave. And and I said, they're just like, you know, like Curran and all his friends and Sands and, you know, all these kids, they're just the same. You just don't know them. Wow. But I do. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that story. I'm not going to say another word. I love that memory. I'm not going to say another word because I think you just <laughs> concluded this conversation perfectly. <laughs> I think it's uh, – uh, I said I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm going to say I think it, <laughs> it's an indicator of, of your significance, uh, not because of what you provide for people, though that is an incredible – provision what you do for us is incredible but it's the it's the genuine nature in which you do it and the willingness to to go beyond just what affects you and just your family mm-hmm. and that is the spirit of our school it is that's the spirit of our school and you embody that perfectly miss liz 
Well, I'll say one more thing. Okay. I told you in the beginning, it just felt like coming home, mm-hmm. coming, uh, enrolling my children here and being so involved and in all what it's led into. And then to tell my, uh, and then to have my daughter, you hired my daughter. I did. To be the mm-hmm. uh, director of alumni relations or whatever her official title is. And if I can she, get her back from maternity leave at any she, point. She's coming back the day after spring break. Come on. Uh, but uh, the first thing she told me, I said, what do, what do you think? How do you feel? And she goes, it was just like coming home. Mm. And that just meant the world to me, yeah. you know. That's awesome. That's the way it should be. That's mm-hmm. the way it should be. I don't think many people get that, though. Well, you know, I tell families all the time, every time we have prospective families here, I, 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 Ann Stabler can tell you, and I meet with every one of them, and I, and, and I say it often on this podcast because I want our – former students and teachers and coaches to know as head of school, this is the way I feel. I've been here for 30 years. The way we teach and learn changes. The buildings change. The names and faces change. But the fabric of this school is the same. And it's the same. And that is that we are mission-driven. Our job is to take every single student and help them reach their potential in mind, body, spirit, and character. And those things – have to be intentional. You have to do. You have to be intentional to achieve that mission. And so, I, I, I'm not surprised to hear Caitlin say that. I'm thrilled that that's what she felt, mm-hmm. and I hope all of ours feel that. And again, shameless plug for the podcast. That's what this is about. Right. It's a reassurance that it doesn't really matter who sits in my chair. It's as Sandy said. It's a borrowed chair. That's all that is, you know. And I'm happy, perfectly happy with that. Um, so. It's been a thrill talking with you, Aunt, Mr. Andy. Dr. Andy's going to be so proud of the job <laughs> you did. And I told you there was Couldn't nothing to be him. anxious about. You, you were perfect uh, <laughs> today, and we appreciate your service to this school. And, and on behalf of all those families, hundreds and hundreds who owe you a debt of gratitude, we say thank you to Miss Liz. It's my pleasure, Rob, and I mean that. You're awesome. Hey, you've been listening to The Right Way. Make sure you tell your friends. If you get a chance to listen to Miss Liz, man, y'all share that with everyone that she's had a chance to take a picture for. These guys and ladies and gentlemen would love to to hear that she's doing well and, hey, still working, still getting after it. Uh, this is The Right Way. This is Doug. We look forward to hearing from you next time as, uh, as, we, as we try to understand those who are before us so that we always make those who have come after us very proud.